Hello and welcome to Watch It Baptist Church Online. You join us for the latest in our sequence looking at the letter of 1 Peter in the New Testament. We're reading this time from 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 22, so that's to the end of that chapter. And it says this, Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because of this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago when God was waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built, in it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolises baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand, with angels, authorities and powers in submission to him. Let me tell you a story about James. Not very long ago, James met some people, and the people he met were really good people. They were friendly and likeable. They weren't exactly like him, but that didn't seem to matter, at least not too much. James lives in Somerset. He's not out of the middle of nowhere, but living in Somerset means he's not at the heart of power or anything like that. Where he lives, interesting things happen, because they are interesting people all around him. Shopkeepers, small business owners, government officials, farmers, bankers, tradesmen, families, blended families, bits of families, extended families. The news and new things don't always reach James quickly, but it does all arrive eventually. Anyway, when James met these friendly, likeable people, he wasn't entirely surprised to discover that they were Christians. He'd heard about Christians, they were okay. James knew that not everyone liked them, but they were nice enough. James spent some time chatting with the Christians and discovered that some of them were local people who he knew about, even if he didn't know them very well. There was Josie, whose dad owned the local garage. Daisy, who ran the loans company in the next town over. Siobhan had the twins who went to school with his nephew. 
Alice's husband had died at sea not long after their wedding. Connor's family had been the local baker for generations, and Greg had arrived in the area more recently. The story went that he left home after falling out with his dad. And then there was Will and Sia and Dylan and Samir and Abiola and a few others. And they were nice enough people, although they didn't always get along with each other, but mostly they were good company. James spent more time with Josie and Connor than the others. He felt that they were sort of more kind of his people. And after a while, he'd been persuaded to go along to a meeting. This group of Christians met together quite often, at least once a week, and they would eat lunch and sing songs and read together and and talk about being Christians. Now James thought that this bit was a little weird. After all, if you're a Christian, you know about being a Christian because you are one. It was still interesting in its way, and the food was always good, and the songs were lively, and everyone seemed to be welcome, and he was happy enough to hang out with them. And then one day, the Christians all got very excited. One of them, a guy called Will, who the others looked up to, got an email from someone called Pete. Now, Josie and Connor both said that Pete was important. Pete was apparently someone who went from one place to another talking about being a Christian. And to talk about the guy it was all based on, and that was a guy called Jesus. Some people seem to want to give Jesus extra names like Christ or Messiah or Son of God or Master, but mostly he just got called Jesus. Sometimes the other names seem to be more like titles, really. Anyway, they said, Pete had been involved in starting up this group, the, the group that James was hanging out with, and some of them had even met Pete. But even though he seemed to be important to them, everyone thought Pete was much less important than Jesus was, but Pete had met Jesus, so Pete was well worth listening to. So when Will, who was sort of in charge, got an email from Pete, it was a big deal, and everyone wanted to know what the email said. Actually, even James was kind of intrigued. But it wasn't short. In fact, it was more than 1,600 words. It wasn't a quick read. Even though Dylan said it would only take 15 to 20 minutes to read the whole thing, the group only looked at it a bit at a time. Usually, Siobhan or Connor would do the reading, and then Will would talk about what Pete had written to them. After a while, people started asking for their own copy, so Will would forward it on. But James didn't have an email account. He used to have one, but it had been hacked by someone, so he'd stopped using it, and now he couldn't remember the password anyway. So instead of that, Will would copy and paste chunks of Pete's email into text messages, and that was just about okay. James had a very old mobile phone, so his text messages only really managed to be a few sentences at a time, but he was mostly okay with that. He struggled to get his head around long chunks at a time anyway. And he had the same trouble when the group was reading from the Old Testament, because some of it sounded more than a little bit bonkers, like it belonged to a different era. And even though that made sense, because it was from a different era, he still found it a bit heavy going. Anyway, this email from Pete talked a lot about things like hope and inheritance and love and life and submitting. And James was trying to get to grips with it. So he'd asked for some help from Josie and Connor and Will as well. And they got together in a cafe with a cup of tea and a decent amount of cake. Will often said that when it was hard to understand something, what you needed was good friends and cake to make sense of things, and that worked for James. So they got together and had a good many cups of tea and probably more cake than was good for any of them. And then they'd left the cafe, to the disappointment of the owner who was doing very well out of them, and they'd gone for a walk. 
they'd been talking about the latest bits that James had been sent by text message about doing good and living in harmony and about Jesus dying. That title Christ got used a bit. And then there was some stuff about baptism too. So Josie said, what do you think, James? And James had replied, well, there's some bits that I get. And then there was a pause. So Connor said, what, what bits do make sense, James? James thought for a moment and he said, I like the stuff about the resurrection, I think. I mean, I don't know many people who like the idea of dying. Lots of my family wouldn't mind leaving their debts behind. Some of my friends could really do with not being in as much pain. And I know people who find life really hard, so there's that too. But I don't know many people who are looking forward to leaving behind the people they care about or never seeing a sunset again or missing out on the books they love and the films they watch. Sometimes the films they watch over and over again. And I quite like music, so there's that too. So I like the idea that resurrection means death is beaten and we get the chance to have a life that's kind of richer. Seems a bit like our lives now are like a rich tea biscuit. They can be all very pleasant and they go well with a decent cuppa, but it feels a bit like resurrection means we can have an upgrade to chocolate cake instead of just rich tea biscuits. And Will said, well, that sounds fair to me. And if this life we live can have lots of good stuff in it, there is a better alternative because Jesus beat death. That's it, said James. If someone posted something on Facebook about this new life or Instagram or something, and they said I might be eligible for it, I'd definitely click on the link or, or maybe click like or something. Connor seemed to want more from James. So he said, what else? What else makes sense in Pete's email? Well, there's a stuff about life being worth living, said James. How do you mean, asked Josie. Well, P says there's not just a hope for later, but for now. I'll go for that. I don't just want something that I have to wait for. I don't just want something that I get given. I want something that means something now. And I'm up for something that I get to use. Connor seemed to be up for that too. Yes, I know what you mean. He said, like, like being given an experience as a birthday present. Surfing lessons or learning to cook, that kind of thing. Going skydiving is way more exciting than DVDs. Some people don't like the idea of skydiving, said Will, who was looking a little bit green, if truth were told. Well, I'm sure you're right, said Corner, but you know what I mean. Besides, lots of people want a purpose in life, like uh, having a reason for living or a, a cause to belong to and fight for. It means that life means something. It goes somewhere. Yeah, exactly, said James. So if that's what Pete's writing about, that all works in my head. But it gets a bit harder when it comes to the stuff about submitting and being kind and living in harmony, because that all sounds a little bit like wishful thinking, maybe a bit like some weird hippie commune. And I've seen documentaries about the 60s and it didn't work then, did it? Always getting on with each other, always agreeing with each other, thinking the same things in the same way. Christians definitely aren't very good at that, are they? Well, that's a fair point, said Will. Yeah, we really aren't. Josie, at that point, looked worried and even slowed down a little bit. Connor jumped straight in. We, we do all right. We're a load better than some. Just look at political parties. They're awful. And, and lots of social clubs and, and sports teams, they're falling out all the time. Sports teams especially, you'd think they'd be more like teams. Even my family can be awful when they get going. Will was very gentle with his reply. It's a fair point, Connor. But James is right. We argue and sometimes we're not very kind. The history of Christians tells you that they can be 
incredibly mean-spirited. Honestly, Christians have gone to war and killed people in arguments about what the Bible means, so James is right. Connor looked thoroughly crestfallen, but Will carried on. The thing is, it would be silly to say that we always agree, because we really don't. But what Peter's writing about is making sure that we do our best because it's going to be difficult for anyone who isn't a Christian to know what Jesus is like unless we live like it. It seemed like a light bulb had gone, out in Jesus, gone off in Josie's head and she said, I'm a Bristol Fissy fan, but no one knows because I never talk about it. I don't wear a scarf or a kit. I don't know any of the chants. I don't think I know any other fans. So it that doesn't count for much, does it? Will is right. No one's going to know how Jesus wants us to live if we don't live like it. Everyone was quiet for a minute. They'd been walking for a while and come around the back of the school over the little rise to the community playing field. It's like a big open space with swings to one side and some trees across the back. And near the swings, there were a few benches in the picnic area. Just to one side, there was a little event going on. Someone had brought out a gas barbecue and there were burgers in buns being sold for a few pence, as well as cold drinks. And a girl had given her, um, a, a girl had driven an ice cream van in as well. And people were sat and watching a children's performance that was going on alongside it all. A tall pole had been set up close to the swings and the benches and a handful of kids aged anything from five to 14 had been learning to dance around the maypole. They weren't particularly quick and they weren't always in time with the accordion player who provided the music. But they were enthusiastic and from the viewpoint that James and his friends had looking down slightly at it, it was a thing of brilliant colour and intricate movement. Will said, you see that dance they're doing? That's what harmony is. Connor is right. People in social clubs and sports teams and politicians and families are always moving around each other. There's always movement. But Pete's email says, that Christians should be really careful how they move around each other. They don't have to move in the same direction. Harmony doesn't have to mean always agreeing. They don't have to see everything the same way, but that's okay. Because it's not thinking the same things that unites us. It's Jesus that unites us. And we can disagree and think differently. Because as long as we hold on to a ribbon that connects us to Jesus, we are still dancing together. There was another pause. And then it was Josie who said, I get it. Pete wrote about harmony, didn't he? He didn't write about unison. So we can make a good sound together by listening to each other's different sounds and making sure that we stay together, even when we disagree. So life shouldn't be like a competition where we're forever worried about whether we're losing or winning. But we still can't live in harmony on our own. Harmony is something we can only do with others. Connor said it sounded like hard work and was scrunching his face up as he watched the children dancing intricately around. James sort of agreed and Will did too. If it was easy, said Will, Pete wouldn't need to write to us about it, so it's a good job he did. Otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation. Living well has to be about relationships, not just about rules. The four of them found a bit of warm, empty grass and sat down on it. And after another few moments of quiet, Josie said, Hey, James, are you all right? I hope we haven't been talking at you too much. It's okay, said James. You guys make a good case of Pete's email, and for Jesus, I suppose. And there's lots that I like about Jesus. I'm just not sure I'm ready to be a Christian. It's not 
so much that I'm not convinced. It's just, it still feels a bit out there. A bit like E equals MT squared. Oh, I don't get that, said Connor. What do you mean? Well, you know, said James, I trust that E equals MT squared is right, and I'm glad it is. But it's not really for me. It's for scientists and space explorers and physicists and people who write Star Trek episodes and people like that. Yeah, good point, said Will. The thing is that those physicists who get it are still part of our community. The things they understand help us make sense of our own experience. Like Isaac Newton did loads of stuff about gravity and now we can all understand why it makes sense to us. And it was Josie who pumped up next. It's like the sunrise, she said. We don't know about the sunrise because of astrophysics. We know about it because it helps us see stuff. And, and, and it's beautiful. And, and the Christian way of thinking about things, the Jesus way of seeing the world, that makes sense of the world itself. Exactly, said Will. If living in harmony makes sense, and Pete says this is how Jesus wants us to live, then the Jesus way of living makes sense, and that means we can trust Jesus. James thought about it for a bit and said, OK, does that mean that it's all about harmony? This made everyone think. And in the end, it was Connor who answered. I think it might mean that it's all about relationships, he said. Jesus wants us to have better relationships with everyone. He invites us to have good relationships with each other, and he offers us a relationship with him as well. But don't we have to qualify for that relationship with Jesus, asked James. I know what you mean, said Will, but that's not it. Having a relationship with Jesus does mean admitting that you need one and saying that you can't do without him. Pete's email says that Jesus died so that the mess we make of life can be replaced by a new life, a reason for living, relationships that last, and a chance to live a life that leaves behind the rubbish, pain and death and sadness and more. By dying and by resurrection coming to life again, all this is possible. And when we trust Jesus, we are saying yes to this offer of new life. Will seemed to be on a roll of some kind and carried on. He said, Pete's email says that this doesn't mean our life suddenly gets easy or that all our troubles get taken away from us. But our new life can start now. And it's like life becomes a journey where we're guaranteed to have a helper, friend, guide and navigator by our side all the way along the way. There was quiet again and James said, thanks, guys. Think I'm going to have to have a long think about all this stuff. Well, that's it for the teaching slot today. I hope you found the story helpful as a way of looking at that, those verses in chapter three. There's going to be some questions come up on the screen in just a moment, and I look forward to seeing you again really soon. Take care and God bless. Lord Jesus, help us to tell our story of knowing you and to help others to search for you too. Amen. Okay then, this week's three questions. Number one, why might Christians sometimes want unison rather than harmony? Question two, how can we encourage each other to talk about Jesus to people who don't already know him? And question three, what can we do when Christians disagree so that we can keep walking together?